Hi, this is Chris Gregory. I'm the producer of The Dex Legacy. The Dex Legacy is a member of Apollo Plus, a creator-owned platform where every subscriber helps audio drama makers like The Dex Legacy team. Subscribers get to listen ad-free to their favourite drama and fiction shows and gain access to exclusive bonus content. Join Apollo Plus by downloading the Apollo Podcasts app or going to apollopods.com. We'll post a link in our show notes. Now please enjoy this episode of The Dex Legacy. While you, our listeners, await the beginning of Season 2, the actors who have brought Drs. Devik Jar and Osis Rivastava to life step outside their roles for a conversation with writer of The Dex Legacy, Emily Inkpen, and producer, Chris Gregory. Meanwhile, scripts are being written, episodes are taking shape, and the story is being brought to life. Thank you for joining us for our first bonus edition of The Dex Legacy, in which, well, let's be honest, we're not sure what's going to happen, but I suppose if you're hearing this, it wasn't a complete disaster. My name is Chris Gregory, and I'm the more genial and less psychopathic alter ego of Nathaniel Dex, and I'm joined by our writer, Emily Inkpen. Hello, Emily. How's your day been? Uh, Well, I've been working. I finished work approximately... 11 minutes ago and just about had enough time to open a glass or well uncork a bottle of wine and now I'm talking to you lovely people so yay fantastic um it's a very warm day here in England uh, and as pale Brits we're not used to this sort of thing so do please bear with us I have iced tea in a Dex Legacy mug um, uh-huh. which is probably, you know, wrong etiquette-wise, but there we go. Um, and we are joined by two of our brilliant actors today. Uh, Louis and Annika, would you like to introduce yourselves? Who's going to go first? Annika. Sure thing. Um, I'm Annika, Annika Cordes. I'm playing Elsa, the lovely Elsa. And, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to having a good chat with you, so... Excited. Excellent. Thank you, Annika. And Louie. Uh, I'm Louie Watson. It feels weird seeing both names. I've never done that since school. Um, <laughs> um, that's a bit about me. Um, I play Devic, and I'm looking forward to getting uh, stuck in. Excellent. And thank you so much to both of you for joining us for this chat. Um, And as well as being warm here in the UK, uh, there's also been some big news because Boris Johnson has resigned from his office as Prime Minister. And Louis, I know you're a big Boris fan, so I wonder if you'd like the opportunity to pay your own special tribute to him. Yeah. uh, I mean, it feels like I mean, 4th of July was not that long ago, right? So, like, as a Scotsman, this feels like the precursor to to ours. To ours uh, uh, it's quite nice to see the, the union uh, disintegrating. But, yeah, cheers. Cheers, Bojo. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I, I asked that question because obviously we are a political sci-fi and um, so therefore we can talk about political matters. I was hoping that I was going to be able to practice my um, bleeping out skills there, Louis, but you've uh, you've let us down and there wasn't a single <laughs> expletive. Um, but, you know, I'm sure we can build on that as the conversation goes on. Um, anyway, now we've brought you together because... Um, Frankly, you play the terrifying combination of Osa and Devic in the Dex Legacy. One, a vilified weapons designer who, unlike the designer of the uh, atomic bomb Oppenheimer, seems fairly chilled out about the awesome destructive power of what she has created. Uh, and let's call a spade a spade here. Uh, Louis, you play a disgraced doctor who was struck off for undertaking weird genetic experiments on unsuspecting patients or victims, as they may more accurately be described. Um, so, Annika, we'll start with you. How do you feel about playing um, a complete psychopath? Well, how do you feel about that? Um, I guess, I don't know. I, I don't really think about it in that way, to be fully honest. I mean, of course, like you you read the script, you you hear the audio afterwards and you go like, oh, my God, what a horrible person. Um, how insane. Um, but I think when you when you approach it, you have to look for the human in her, I think. And I mean, she has also lots of elements where she shows that side. And I think it's finding finding the right balance on when to tap more into that energy and, and when to kind of, yeah, lean a bit out of that and, and see it more like a one-to-one -one human conversation. Mm. Not like psychopaths are not human. Um, but, yeah, she, she pushes it for sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about um, how you've kind of, well, I suppose you and you and Emily between you have created this um, this this character, and um, we'll, we'll talk more about that. But but Louis, I would, say, so I, would I would say like psychopaths are definitely human. They just come from a slightly different angle to yeah. everybody else, you know, and they think their angle is right. Mm. You know, they they think they're reasonable human beings. They're not. They're mistaken. But you know, I mean, to them, they're perfectly human. So are we going down the psychopaths get a bad rap road here, Emily? Or They would think so. <laughs> There's a Everybody. quote from uh, Killing Eve, isn't there? Never yeah. never tell a psychopath they're a psych psychopath. Yeah, um, although Osa is admittedly quite open about the fact that she's a bit psychopathic, and so are all of them. I think of all of the characters there, Osa is probably the most upfront about it. Um, uh, and, and less aware, probably, is, is Devek. I, 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 do you think well, Devek realises he's a, you know, slightly on the um, psychopathic spectrum? If, no, <laughs> if it is a spectrum. Uh, yeah, if it is a spectrum. Um, <laughs> it is, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Off, really, isn't it? it's not uh, yeah. It's a sliding scale. <laughs> he's, really he's a bit, he is a bit, um, but I don't think, no. I think he, like, I'm not going to say it reminds me of myself, but it does remind me a wee bit of myself when I was in, like, first year of drama school. I was like, it's just all about the work. It's all about the work, mate. It's yeah. all about the work. <laughs> and, like, that's, that's that. I think that if you were wanting to sum him up, that would be um, his his mantra. It's just about the work. Just 100%. Yeah. yeah. Oh, 
as as we as we um, go through this uh, uh, episode, I suppose we should say there might be the odd spoiler if you've only listened to um, the the first part or you've not even started yet. Um, so we will be playing a few clips. So um, you may want to just close your ears as we play some of those clips because they will be will give some plot away. But um, there are some fantastic scenes between uh, Louis and Annika's characters. So we thought we'd share some of those with you um, through this through this episode. Well, that went very well, I think. Osa, you just d- destroyed a-, a country with with one bomb. No, Davik, I did not. How can you think that? I was told to create the most scientifically advanced weapon the world has ever seen. I did not sell it, and I did not detonate it. When Varian Isran Ren go into battle and kill a multitude... Do you feel responsible? That's different. And how is that? Hmm? Oh, you let the responsibility rest on their shoulders. That is cold. No? They're children still. Just 15, Varian is 16, hardly responsible adults. Do not compare my children to... to... This! So... Annika, we were talking. You, you were talking about the way that you approached um, playing Osa, um, and and I know that Emily, you've you, you've been amazed at the way that uh, Annika's brought Osa to life, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, um, if I say that in book one, uh, which obviously I, I wrote book one, and then the um, audio drama is a prequel series, Osa wasn't actually in book one at all. She was mentioned, but her presence was completely removed. And then she only comes into the story in book two. But since you were playing the character and everybody responded so well to you in the first like episode, I actually wrote her in to the first book. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. yeah, quite quite a big impact on the general text legacy. <laughs> I mean, I, I have to say it's a very fun character, so... I could see her being missed there. So, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think um, I think you've made her an absolutely indispensable part of the Dex legacy. And I, d- I didn't realise that um, she didn't feature at all in, in that book. But uh, I'm, I'm glad she does now. Because obviously when we make the film version of the book, oh, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> you know, Annika will be, uh, will be playing that role. Call Don't me. Laugh, call me we are going to make a film version. Yeah. No, I just feel like I'll get you and Bremner and Trainspotting because he was meant to be renting. Yeah. And then you and McGregor happened. Like, that's that's my luck. That'll happen. You and McGregor will <laughs> yeah. swoop in and do Derek. I've been chatting with his agent actually, and he's, he's oh, yeah. available. So, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't give up the day, Jeff. Getting Obi Wan. I was about to say, you know, absolutely not. And then I thought, you and McGregor, though. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Season two of the audio drama. (laughs) (laughs) My English accent's better. I'm just (laughs) your English accent is amazing. (laughs) Like I always just completely, whenever I'm talking to you on these, like when I'm talking to you in these calls, compared to when I'm listening to you, and it's like it's so completely different. We should probably say at this point that uh, some some listeners may not recognise um. Louis, uh, Louis's voice actually, because it, it is rather different. Um, so, where, where are you speaking to to us from this evening, Louis? 
Uh, I'm currently back in my, my hometown or uh, Hamtoon, as, as, I would, <laughs> as I would be more likely to say, of Elgin, which is uh, in the northeast of Scotland, somewhere in between uh, Inverness and Aberdeen, just just off the Murray 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 Firth Murray Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, moved back here during the pandemic. Tried tried to tried to do the city again, and sort of just went. Uh, I need to be back on the right side of the border, and um, but it's a shame because I'd quite like to have been in London today, uh, playing the <laughs> Benny Hill, playing the Benny Hill theme tune on Pall Mall or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> Excellent. So, so do you, are you are you kind of officially a Highlander then? Well, this is so we are actually higher than Inverness geographically, but like county and council wise, we are not strictly Highland. Uh-huh. Um, um, and that we're always spoken of as Highlanders, but um, it's not it's not really worked out for me when it's come to Outlander casting. So I'm trying to shy away from that uh, <laughs> moniker at the moment. <laughs> I've heard that uh, you and McGregor's up for a role in. Uh... Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and, as soon as he's done with Obi Wan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kenobi. I'll do, I'll do, I'll do Obi two. Don't worry, I'll be Obi two. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Obi two yeah. Kenobi. Yeah, <laughs> little little known uh, yeah. twin brother they never talk yeah. about. <laughs> and, and and Annika, you're um, you're you I mean, I, I said at the beginning of this that we're all uh, pale English people, but I mean, actually, only half of us are pale English people. So, Annika, you're um, you're you're from Germany. I am. I am. Um, Though right now in sunny London. Um, sunny London, good. Yeah, but um, yeah, I grew up in a very, very small little town that you probably won't know. It's called Paderborn. Um, and we are known for having a lot of little lakes around. So for me, lots of little little swimming and um, boat sessions on the weekends, mm. but now in London. So, yeah. And where is uh, Paderborn near? Is, is there a big, big city that our listeners might be able to um, kind of place it? Do you know Cologne? Cologne. I, I know Cologne, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. the big cathedral. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, it's like an, like an hour away. And then also like an hour and a half from the uh, Dutch border. Okay. So on holiday, we um, actually, I, I don't think I've ever went, but um, lots of my friends I went to school with, they took like... Um, what do you call them? Like the the trucks that you go in and camp in, like a camper van. A camper van. Yeah. So they all in the summer holiday go camper vanning in in the Netherlands. Ah, Um, excellent. Yeah. Good beer in Holland. So I understand. And in Germany as well. I mean, and And, and Belgium actually. Every everywhere (laughs) around there has very good beer. And um, yeah. Anyway, so very effective (laughs) beer. Or, or shall we say efficient beer? Well, it gets you drunk really, really quickly. Yes, highly efficient beer and I, delicious. I, I once, went, went, once went on a hockey tour in Holland and I don't remember anything. Um, I think there were some matches, but possibly. I don't, I don't know. Some smell. Yeah. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> so, so, Emily, I, I wanted to ask you... Um, I know that you you said uh, you've already referenced actually um, writing um, Osa into into book one where where Osa wasn't there originally, but I think you've mentioned that you you you've had the voices of our actors in in your head while you've been writing. 
um, the books. So how do, how does that work then as part of your your writing process? It's so not so much the books because they were all written once we'd already sort of um, started work properly on the audio drama, but after um, episode one and two, and I was still writing the later episodes, it's really weird when you guys are in my head. Because <laughs> I do sort of, it's when you've got, when you've got the voice in your head and you're writing and you can sort of get the sort of meter right and everything and, and how they talk and everything and the, the patter, you can kind of hear it and it, it sort of feeds into how you write. Um, but yeah, with, having the voices, your voices in my head while I was doing it, it was actually really helpful um, because there was something really I could anchor onto. And um, I think, I mean, part of it, if, um, you know, Louis, for instance, you brought a certain energy to episode one that, you know, when I was writing other episodes, I was like, okay, so we're going to hear a bit of that, Louis. But then there was a moment in episode three where you had a good long speech that was in a very different tone. And I remember writing that and thinking, oh, I wonder how he's going to do this. <laughs> I, was, I was very excited to hear how you would just sort of like slightly alter the way you did that. Um, and it was when you were talking to the kids um, and you were talking to the kids for the first time because we've never seen the adults interact directly with them before. And yeah, um, I found that, very exciting and really interesting to sort of what to write, anticipate, and then hear. Um, actually, I've got a question for you related to that. Like, if you know, did you have to think about that? Was that something that came quite naturally to you when you were reading the script? Did you, yeah? You know, how how did that happen? Um, I think it's interesting, especially uh, because we record this remotely, and um, you, you're not necessarily. Um, faced with the people that you're speaking to so it almost makes it even more important to think about who's who 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 you're trying who you're trying to affect with what you're saying or who's who's in the room so I, that part of the this way of working really helped the sort of change in tone and um em, emphasis and pacing as well um and i think like really trying making sure that in this case it's a mic but the children trying to affect them um is is sort of the best i find the best way of going about it and um and having and having met them by listening to it um that made it so much easier as well because it was it wasn't a slow process before but the first sort of three episodes we were really building something and then we started to get momentum i think so mm. um that's definitely it's been a really interesting way to work and it's definitely it's helped me like i don't think you ever stop learning as an actor but like this has been an amazing project for really like testing 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 myself that's really cool so could, did you like hear them when you were delivering it almost did you have like a picture of them when you were sort of doing that speech yeah, and I suppose it's quite weird because I know Kelsey quite well because we went. I was a year above her at drama school, so like it's it's quite easy to sort of have <laughs> have her in my bedroom. That's that sounds really <laughs> weird, um, but have her have her there and uh, and knowing the, those characters that little bit better as well. Sort of judging how they will react and, and knowing which line is for which 
person because I think like Devic is rhythm internal rhythm is quite high I think but when he's being deliberate like he knows he he people is his business right so he knows how to play people and I think like in that speech especially like he was really he was pulling the strings big time new responsibilities <laughs> they're experiments first and foremost they're my life's work he adopted them for me I know this Devek. But Nathaniel changes his mind when he likes. It sounds like you're getting an army to play with. You should be happy about that. At least. I'm happy to have the army. I just don't want those three leading it. <laughs> what else would they do? They would stay here, in the lab, where I can keep an eye on them. I would use them to perfect my treatments, then roll out universally adapted versions of those treatments to the rest. As specimens, those three are far too valuable to risk. They are priceless. Why are you asking? Tristan has something on his mind, and a week is long enough for him to undermine your plans. My plans have been undermined so often, I'm working in a sinkhole. As for the children, you may consider them priceless, but Nathaniel attaches a price to everything. Your experiments are expensive, and he wants to see some return on his investment. They are your life's work, but your life's work belongs to him. What about you, Annika? How, how, I mean, that, that kind of being separated from the rest of the cast, it's, it's tricky, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. I think really interesting to hear your process, Louis, because I felt mine was quite different. Like, I did kind of the opposite. I really try to distance myself from the recording and just imagine, of course, like doing the work, like who are you speaking to? Like, as you said, like being specific, but kind of just embracing maybe that psychotic energy of, but you are in your own head. So kind of just testing, okay, how far can I go with with a sound or how far can I go with a word or a sentence? Um, I don't know, because maybe it made it, maybe, I mean, I didn't know any of you before the recording, so I didn't have like any like recalling in, in, in that sense, but I felt like I didn't know the voices enough to be able to, to predict a reaction or something. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just try to kind of embrace the, yeah, the, the mental in, internal maybe world that she has created for herself. I um, think that works really well though, because um, obviously Osa is often on the outside of everybody else. Yeah. Like in the conversations, especially like there's one later on where you are very much, you, sorry, Osa is <laughs> very much sort of, um, out, like it's it's when they're talking about Varian and his um, potential having a child and the fact that he's going to be completely removed from that situation and Osa is completely outside of that and all of the people like Debek and Tristan and, and Nathaniel are all on one side in it and Osa's character seems to be completely removed from it and just saying, wait, what are you even saying? This is ridiculous. You know, how can you be talking like this? And yeah, so maybe actually that 
feeds into that kind of separation almost like you you know but at the same time you do sound completely in the moment but yeah it's it's interesting thanks to the great editing of chris um but I, I, i also feel like it's about like the what what these characters seek and i mean i can only speak for osa but i feel like she's all like with how she's looking at the children and the others that that she's surrounded by like she's always seeking for a connection in a way and yes they give her recognition for what she spilled but not maybe as a human being and i think mm. having that separation in a way kind of worked for her in that way Oh. I think you just demonstrated that you thought about this way more deeply than any of the rest of <laughs> oh, I just made that up. I just made that up. <laughs> no, it's true. Yeah. Absolutely. I was, I was going to yeah. say, um, actually, what, what, I'm just picking up on something you said there, Annika, and, and actually you referenced as well, Louis. Um, you know, when you, when we did those first couple of episodes, we, well, A, we didn't know there were going to be any more. It was all quite experimental, I suppose. but. Um, you've been remarkably consistent in the way you've played the characters from that first episode through to to the last one so are, are you always referencing back previous performances or uh, do you ju just feel you got that character in your head and then were able to just carry that through um i think when i was auditioning for devic we sort of spoke you gave me a brief sort of outline of the character mm. and and then we 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 spoke about boris Johnson. he keeps coming up man the boys resigned you're obsessed um, yeah, i know <laughs> who's that uh, who, 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 who is he where did you find him um he used to be the prime minister <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> um and then we sort of spoke about david tennant's uh doctor mm. who and i that's um I, that was like my doctor like that was the, i was the right age i was like oh he's a scottish dude like i'm knowing that i wanted to be an actor at that time as well so like that's always sort of i'm not doing my impression of it but i always sort of come back to that sort of energy and also to a certain extent his philosophy as well um but also i will listen to the older episodes just to sort of be like oh yeah that's that's just to hear even the the, the vocal placement because that mm. that can so easily go if you're not doing it uh, day in day out like you would in maybe like stage or, or film or, or, or whatever a, a, a proper production room <laughs> <laughs> no it's like like on tour or something came out i mean yeah. oh, imagine yeah. a dex legacy tour <laughs> coming oh. to a theater near you yeah Dream. or various icons live recordings yeah. a stage version yeah. of the Dexter. how are we going to do the um the heaven one airship and things like that on stage anyway we'll come, we'll come. Well, I'm, i'm sure we'll find a way. challenge <laughs> it's, a, it's a musical obviously right? yeah oh, naturally yeah. we can have an inflatable can we? An inflatable yeah. airship uh, just anyway. play it around the audience yeah <laughs> yeah just imagine it's really big <laughs> the drummer from motley Crue. <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. i think small yeah exactly exactly um emily you, you were going to ask a question about uh physicality of acting weren't you oh yeah yeah because when you're getting ready to do a sort of live show obviously and, and when you're going into rehearsals and everything acting is a very physical thing and there's 
warm-ups and things that you do most a lot of them very physical um when you're about to go on stage and I was wondering actually genuinely wondering about whether or not any physical warm-ups happen when you do audio work or whether it's a completely different way of working um and I don't like because you you sort of see um in Lord of the Rings special features which obviously I have watched because I'm a massive nerd but Andy Serkis who was doing the you know like he was when he was doing the performance of um just the audio he was using his body and they, they were saying well we had to put him in the actual film because he was so physical in the audio recordings that it was like he was in it anyway so mm. yeah I was just wondering how much of that do you guys do yeah, um, start with Annika. Let's go with Annika. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can give you like the that's what you want to hear answer. Like yes, I'm always fully warmed up, um, and then the realistic answer, which is like maybe like eighty percent of the time I do my warm up, and then the other twenty, it's like okay, let's let's keep going. Um, I don't know. I think I I have my setup, and I always. Like th- there's always something physical you do, like whether that's a relaxation for me, I think it's more relaxation to open up all like the spaces so that you can just be free and in the moment and the voice can come out as you want it and it doesn't crack or mm-hmm. so yeah, that you're in control of your voice basically. Um, but I feel like maybe for Osam also, because she's very like health, there's something very like statuesque about her. I I actually didn't need a lot of movement. That's not to say maybe for another character, um, I would take more space. But I think for Osa, it was something actually very still. I felt um, so. Yeah, there's not really an Osa fight scene or a scene yeah. where Osa's running or anything like that. It's maybe we should write one into season two. Osa does not run. <laughs> she floats. <laughs> <laughs> Osa programs missiles to go very fast. Osa does not need to run. <laughs> they go fast so she doesn't have to. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you, Louis. Um, yeah. Like, there's the like not technical things, but practical things. Like, I, I've got quite bad hay fever, and so like making sure like my uh, it's quite bad today. I don't maybe you will be able to hear, but making sure like sinuses, throat are clear. Um, also for me, like working in the accent, maybe like the couple of days before, I'll just sort of practice it and just to make sure I don't drop any sounds, and then make sure they've got the articulators going because. I don't really use many articulators in my every everyday accent. Um so making sure that they're nice and crisp. And then for the actual recording of it, like my setup is is under a bed sheet, so I've got to be quite um still, which is really good for me as an actor, because my biggest note always is like it's just it's too much, man. It's just oh, rain it in. It's like it's like working with the Tasmanian devil, like, whoa, whoa, bro. Like, so like having that sort of um enforced um stillness is is really good for me. And it, like, yeah, um if uh, if I ever get to be on stage again, like uh, that would be that'd be nice. Um but it's definitely gonna it's definitely gonna inform that work a little bit as well, which is which is a uh, exciting. Are you gonna take a bed sheet on stage with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna do um, sh- shadow performances, <laughs> like yeah, um, oh, yeah, yeah. shadow puppets. Be they want Britain's Got Talent, aren't they? Like they're cool. <laughs> they're still cool. <laughs> yeah. 
and, just and, style it out yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> obviously emily you're, you're as well as as well as being our, our our talented and imaginative writer you're also in it as well um what's, what what about you do you obviously we put your voice through a voice synthesizer yes um but you're you're still very much recognizable i think what what, what are your warm-up techniques and uh well um like louis i am well i wouldn't say i'm under a sheet i'm under a duvet um duvet fort is, yes is it, well i call known, it a duvet it? fort really the main fort bit is my own head um <laughs> So I get I have to be I do also have to be you're, you're a turret in the fort. I become <laughs> fort. Okay. I, I become fort. That's, that's um, acting for you. Exactly. And um and because I'm also playing a robot, having that forced stillness. Yeah. Having the <laughs> having the forced stillness <laughs> for playing this robot is actually quite good. And also because sometimes I hate the fact that I've written, like, I can write really long sentences and long lists, which are sometimes very necessary, but auto doesn't breathe because auto is a robot. So sometimes I really struggle with sort of, I have to really like, you know, and I I, I sing, I'm, I'm a classically trained singer, so I, I have to do the sort of like proper belly breathe and then like go for it on the proper vocal training Um kind of level to try and get this this sound out but with barely any breaks and no stopping for breath or anything like that and then it's as well, you have to avoid going at the end <laughs> and yeah so um physically it's more a case of staying very still achieving vocal regularity and breath would be the big and, thing and not swearing at the neighbors not swearing at the neighbours. We have had. Some, I mean, obviously, listeners, you you won't have heard any any of this, but as the producer, I I do get all the expletives between takes, um, and because I apply the voice synthesizer, I get the expletives as auto. So it's very amusing. And when we do a kind of outtakes reel one day, uh, we'll share that with you because it is really funny. Not as funny as some of the other. Um, I'm Charlie's. Charlie's outtakes are fantastic. Yeah. Um, but anyway, sorry. <laughs> Love the outtakes. Yeah, all of the outtakes. We have a we have a note. I always uh, record at midnight, and my neighbour has a yappy dog. Lets their dog out every night at midnight for twenty minutes at least, and the swearing happens. <laughs> I I want to hear them now. I'm like, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll I'll send them over. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for, for our ears only, I think. Just for now, anyway. Yeah. We, are, okay. we are a family show. Yes. Actually, we're really not, are we? We're not, we're not a family yeah. show. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what kind of family? Yeah. <laughs> Dysfunctional. <laughs> is, yeah. is, is <laughs> um, so, I mean, we talked about warm-ups. Uh, I, 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 my warm-up is, um, I mean, it's minimal because I am not really an actor in the sense that y you you all are. I, I felt I was kind of, I, I sort of agreed to be in Nathaniel Dex in episode one, thinking that would probably be about it and that he wouldn't be appearing through the rest of it. Uh, but he does. And so I've had to um, do it's some... title character. <laughs> yeah, the clues yeah. were there, <laughs> <laughs> didn't didn't necessarily read them, but I. But when I you put of, it like that, Louis. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, decks. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I, I I sort of do this kind of um, a, a singing warm up that I've um, heard people do, which is basically trying to say pepperoni, macaroni, pepperoni, macaroni as quick as you can, and that just gets the tongue going a bit, and then mozzarella gorgonzola, mozzarella, and and just so on, um, mostly Italian foods, um, and it just just gets your tongue moving. And um, so it's not a very uh, vegan warm up. I'll, I'll no, say that. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> more 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 carnivorous. I think. Devek, what are your thoughts? You know my viewpoint. Their use goes far beyond military purposes. They shouldn't be out in the world. They should be kept here, where they're safe, where they can be monitored. Yes, thank you. Osa, we need to end this conflict. Any ideas? Oh, my department is missiles and guns. I cannot do much more because we are required to avoid disturbing those... Delicate mountain ecosystems our client keeps talking about. Mm, There was something you made last year, wasn't there? A very accurate remote missile. So, what of it? Would that upset the ecosystem? It is still a bomb, Devik. It is designed to destroy life. It will not please the ecosystem. Had either of you done uh, any voice acting before the Dex Legacy. I think you've both done bits and pieces for alternative stories, haven't you? But had you had you done anything before that? I, I did a couple commercials and I think maybe one other audiobook, but that's also long ago now. I can't remember. <laughs> um but yeah a, a little bit but not too much. Um what about you Louis? Did, had you um, done anything? I did I so bits of drama school and um, mm. we which was which was really good and then um I was luck l- whilst at drama school lucky enough to get picked for the Carlton Hobbs competition which is um the this BBC thing isn't BBC it? sort of um, they pick four people from each uh, school go to the BBC on a day and and you try and out radio each other and sometimes you you bump into other drama schools in the corridor and it's like West Side Story man you're like <laughs> <laughs> Gets in the shelves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did <laughs> it actually come to blows? Or is it? No, no, no. Well, I, I had to be held back, but that was well, yeah. so that was that was my Scottish oh, problem. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the thing is, because it's drama school, do you actually do West Side Story? Uh, I'm I'm tone deaf, so I wouldn't I wouldn't have been cast in West Side Story, but um, definitely my my ear could have could have done it. Uh, well, they were well musical. <laughs> well, that's the, the if you're tone deaf, that's the musical version of uh, the Dex Legacy discovery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, you and McGregor can sing. We've all yeah. we've all seen Moulin yeah. Rouge or whatever it is. We'll get him to be your stunt voice, Louis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be stoked for that. <laughs> I'm really good at miming. I used to air guitar in the mirror all the time. <laughs> Didn't we all? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I say used to. It's not that far, yeah. <laughs> like last night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just practicing for my Biffy Clyro tribute act, uh, Stuffy Clyro, you know. <laughs> uh, a band whose singer you have been known to resemble yeah we're trying my best (laughs) Uh, Annika are you a big air air guitar fan or heavy metal or anything like that 
I mean, you, you can get me with some classic rock, but the heavy metal is, I, I, I have to pass. Um, what, what about singing? I, I, I mean, when we do the, when we take the musical of Dex Legacy out oh, on the UK tour, oh. I mean, is, uh, is Osa going to have, you know, her own numbers, do you think? Or? I mean, if she likes some jazz, uh, we, we can <laughs> sprinkle that in, but besides that let's let's keep it on the down low i think she might have a cold that day so let's uh. make it really husky yeah i think that could work i think osa doing jazz could work actually osa scatting man yeah scatting with auto scatting with auto osa and auto the jewelry that would be weird doing a doing a jazz version of electric dreams Cut. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and here we are with that version of electric. <laughs> Please don't sue us. So, um, just just trying to be uh, relatively serious for a moment. So, if there are any um, actors listening that were thinking of getting into voice acting, what what? Give us a top top three tips for people wanting to do a bit of voice acting. I'll put you on the spot now, haven't I? Yeah. Silence is great for radio. I think you have to take you have to be take risks. Like, don't be afraid to sound silly, and also don't think that what you hear is not what's cool for the character or whatever you're doing. Like might work perfectly but you think oh my god how do i sound so yeah just have fun with it and not be afraid yeah <laughs> one thing you always do annika you do you do quite a few takes don't you of each of each line so i always have so many so many options that's probably quite a good tip isn't it for for voice actors um give the director as many options as as you can um, and they're all, I mean, we 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 always listen through, I, I say we, Emily always listens through to um to all the lines and, and suggests which one. And and it's so usual that you'll you'll give us like five or seven takes, and it's kind of like any of them really <laughs> were they're all brilliant. And so yeah. Yeah, so, I, I always um I go first and I listen to them all first, and I I sort of go, okay, one. Underneath, I put the numbers. So I go one, two, three, and they're the ones that I like. So I, I list them. Sometimes it's you know two, four, and then that's it, or something. And 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 often with with all of you actually, there's moments where I'm like one, yeah, two, yeah, three, yeah, four, yeah, five, yeah, and then I just go any of them. I just go any of them. Any, 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 <laughs> Thanks for narrowing that down for me. <laughs> yeah, how do you, how do you, sorry, and then we can get back to the other question. No, no, how, go, go. How, how, do, how do you decide on like how to put, like what take gets selected? Because I guess if everybody gives different versions, then mm-hmm. the story could go anyway, like well, in so many yeah. different directions. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, we could probably do three or four different versions of every script using the alternate takes and 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 it would be subtly different but generally what i go with um i generally 
I mean, if Emily says it's got to be take two, I'll generally go with that. But what I'm what I'm trying to listen to because I'm slightly scared of Emily. Um, what because I think she'll get another producer or or you know recast Nathaniel Dex. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, at this stage, that's a really sensible. Roger Moore, for example, uh, she's talked about getting Roger Moore in. Uh, anyway, so what I generally will do though is go. Um, what's the best follow up to the line before? So it becomes this kind of chain, and then and then the next one will be what's the what's the best response to the line we've just picked the best response to the line before, and so on and so on. And it just it kind of just stacks like that, really. Mm. And and you know, hopefully, um, it sounds um, re- listeners of we have to tell tell us this or not, but it, hopefully it sounds like we were in the same room, um, all, all speaking. Um, whereas we actually we actually weren't so I don't yeah know. I mean your mixing for that is amazing especially with you two when you're having a conversation in the thing like when I'm listening to it and then I have to remind myself that you're not actually talking to each other live you are like you were recording completely separately and that just every time I realize that is like a moment um and mm. yeah I mean when it comes to selecting lines I just, I know all of the characters inside out. Um, I've spent 500,000 words with these people. I, you know, I, I know them and I do have an idea of what they would sound like when they're delivering certain lines. And there are moments where I'm sort of listening and I'm like, uh, and then I'm like, yes, that one, that one mm. is exactly right. And sometimes when I'm listening, I'm like, uh, and then I'm like, oh, interesting that could work and there are some times when I'm listening and then I'm in the middle of drinking some wine and I almost snort it out of my nose because one of them has done something absolutely brilliant and hilarious that I didn't see coming at all <laughs> and I'm like, yeah we have to have that in there. <laughs> yeah. Louis you're very good at that <laughs> we have to accept that the children might value one another more than they value Dex Island then why lie oh, I don't know Tristan Devik, Isra has cut her arms and legs on her bindings. There's blood everywhere. She's fine, Oza. I'll have to teach them the right way to escape them for future kidnappings. Kidnappings by us or by others? Others. Have you got any any tips for... for budding voice actor so so if you and McGregor for example wanted to get yeah, into yeah, yeah. Acting, what, yeah. what would you um, what would you advise <laughs> if you and McGregor's looking to do it I'd say don't please <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but anybody else um, I I've spent so much uh, time being um, afraid to do something because I, I was like oh well I don't have the kit or I don't have this thing like don't like yeah kit is important right but like, I did my first audition for alt stories on my iPhone. Right, we're all doing self tapes. Well, I, I certainly am doing self tapes on my iPhone. You don't need, you don't need an SLR. You don't. If you if you want to do something, you see an opportunity or an audition, just record it on anything. Like I wouldn't recommend auditioning via smoke signal, but give it a bash. You know what I mean? Um, but it, it, just just take that take that risk and, and put your, your voice out there. Like you, you might not be right for that specific part that you've gone for, but they've heard your, they've heard your uh, interpretation. They've heard your voice, which is always a good thing. And then 
if you if you ever come into a bit of money or if you have a birthday coming up, look into mics. Do mm. do make that purchase, but don't not do it because you think you don't have the equipment. Because we're all walking around with smartphones or laptops. We've all got mm. the equipment. We've all got the equipment, and yeah. uh, for the most part, we've all got we've all got voices as well. So. Just, just use it. Don't be afraid to. Don't be. That's your main bit of kit. Is 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 you. So just mm. just use the kit that you've got. You know. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I seem to recall um, we cast you in something based on an uh, an iPhone audition. Yeah, and it was just after lockdown. The first lockdown had started, and we 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 had to get a microphone. <laughs> yeah, try and locate the last uh, microphone on on Amazon because everyone had. <laughs> Decided they were going Everybody, to yeah. get from home and get it up to you. So uh, yeah, so so it worked in in that uh, in that circumstance, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I wanted to ask um, both of you, really. I mean, go go back to before you went to drama school. I, I mean, how did you? How did you? Or when did you decide that you were you wanted to be uh, actors professionally? Go on, Anna, can you go first? I mean, I, I was really lucky that where I grew up, we had like a theatre and they did like a youth programme where you for a whole year, like you would start in the autumn and then develop a play, rehearse, rehearse, rehearse once a week and then put it on, I think like summertime. And mm-hmm. I did that for like, from my when I was 13, 12 or 13 till the end of school at 18. And I was really like glad that I had that opportunity. And I don't know, I think after that, I was like, what else is there to life? You know, like you kind of get like in the community and like feel everyone, like how it's like becomes this family. And I really mm. wanted to continue doing that. Um so, so am I right in thinking you do other stuff around <clears throat> theatre as well? Do you direct as well? Yeah, so I'm also writing um, a bit, not so much at the moment, um, um, but also directing, yes. I directed three plays so far, um, then COVID happened. Now I'm currently working on on um, something else. But yeah, it's it's I, I really like doing different things and I mean of course you want to be good at one thing <laughs> mm. maybe more um but I I'd, think I'd like learn... to be acceptable at one thing to be honest no, no, like. but I, 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 I think you learn I think you learn from like all the different areas like I would have never thought about acting in a certain way if I wouldn't have directed someone else maybe or if I would have never written something I would never see like okay this is how the pace could go like this or that mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and 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 louis what what sort of age were you when you decided that you'd been bitten by the bug and you wanted to do it full time well when i was a kid like my my dad was my dad was a musician growing up and like I was really into music and like I wanted to be in a band and then mm. tried to play guitar, I wasn't very good at that, tried to sound I really was not good at that. Um, um you but, a bass player. Yeah. <laughs> and and now I'm a really good drummer. No, um, <laughs> um 
so yeah, my dad was also really into films. So we watched films a lot. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna be a film director. Like I watched Back to the Future and I was like, I could I could tell them how to do that. Like, <laughs> like I do that in the playground, man. Like that's easy. Anyway, find out that like that you don't just sneeze and get into Hollywood. Um, and then 14, my school did We Will Rock You the Musical, and I went, Oh, you know, I'll, I'll give that a bash. I quite like drama, it seems it seems like good crack. Did that and I went, Well, well. I never want to stop doing that and then just um, try to get as many opportunities as I could. And um, between that and rugby, I was at the house pretty much uh, every night of the week between rehearsals and and, and stuff. So um, it wasn't great for schoolwork, but you don't, you don't need that if you're going to be actor, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so, yeah, and I, I was really fortunate growing up. Um, it was just before... <laughs> all funding was cut. So there was mm. a fair amount of, especially growing up in a slightly rural area, central government was like, oh, we, we've kind of abandoned these people for a long time. <laughs> we should maybe, we should maybe help the hillbillies. So uh, yeah, we, 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 <laughs> we, we, we got, I got some incredible opportunities through that or because of that. So yeah, yeah I'm really very fortunate. I knew we'd get slightly political. At <laughs> Um, Emily, you, you, you've done a bit of acting as well, haven't you? Yeah, so um, like you two, I, um, I grew up opposite the Chichester Festival Theatre um, and they had the Chichester Festival Youth Theatre, which was like, you know, it's, it's, it's a good one. And um, it was across the road. And back then it was £2.50 a week to go for um, like workshops once a week. And they did the productions um two a year one was open air always promenade and another one was on the main we did the Christmas main stage ones and that's because the theatre was in financial straits right and so the best way they could um, make all of their money back was by using child labour and they didn't pay us and um, and they filled out the house every single night over Christmas and that basically got them back on financial on the on the financial you know so back on track uh, financially and so yeah I was um I was very happy to be part of that child labor exploitation and um did a, did a lot of that and I was from the age of about 12 until you know 17 18 and I really wanted to be an actress for a very long time but my parents were very much on the plan b sort of side of things and so I ended up doing English literature and now I'm a writer I write at work and also yeah, I basically decided I'm going to be good at one thing. So I'm going to be good at words and I'm going to be good at English because I'm rubbish at other languages. <laughs> so if I'm going to be only one language person, I'm going to be good at it and I'm going to know all of the words and I'm going to spend all of my life thinking words. And um, yeah, but now I actually find myself doing a bit of acting, even if it is a robot under a duvet. Who saw that coming? <laughs> I've invited you to audition for, you know, non non-digital role shall we say yes I have to I have to do that audition I have I have ideas yeah excellent there watch me watch me go parents <laughs> by, by ideas is that acting ideas or have you just started redrafting the the, the audition yeah. lines yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, there's, a, there's, there's a better word yeah. for that I, have, <laughs> I found one or two problems in the script so I've redrafted it for you so uh, it's now in space <laughs> 
It's not a musical. And <laughs> <laughs> We've spoken to you and McGregor's people, and he's in. Use the force. Yeah. Uh, so um, one more sort of acty sort of re related question. And I want you to, um, I'll go first on this one so you can think, but because um, I haven't warned you of this one, I want you to think of one actor, one actor, Ewan McGregor, that's influenced um, you more than more than any other. So who, who would be your favourite actor? And I will go first. And I'm going to say uh, Alan Rickman. And um, I, I don't know why, but um, I just love that sort of, um, you know, the Snape voice, Harry Potter. Um, but I, I actually saw Alan Rickman at the Royal Shakespeare Company in, uh, I wouldn't say exactly when, because it was a long time ago. Um, but uh, yeah, seeing, seeing an actor like Alan Rickman live was just amazing. So uh, yeah, so he's mine. So we'll go that way, Louis. Uh, you and McGregor, obviously. Emily. Yeah. Uh, no, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry yeah. I, do, I do have massive respect for you, McGregor. Even though I've slagged him off. He, the he last speaks very highly of you yeah. as well. Yeah, well, the, the worrying thing is his brother lives in Elgin, so like, <laughs> I might, I might get, I might get a chap at the door, <laughs> and my kneecaps will be broke. No, um, um, it's a, it's a, it's a tricky Lovely one. Channel. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I came back. Um, McAvoy's definitely up there. Um, I would say it's a toss-up between Stephen, Mac Stephen McAvoy, James McAvoy and Stephen Graham. Um, two, both just mm. phenomenal. Um, both both very short men. Um, so I I'm winning on the height front, <laughs> a little six foot. Um, <laughs> um, but um, just in insanely talented in their sort of... Um, their ability to just completely in, inhabit a role and just have that natural like charisma whilst whilst quite often playing the, the darker side of of the, the human the humanity scale or whatever is um is just I, I'm completely in awe of that of that ability. Um so yeah those two. I know it was, it was my very, one but very uh, good, yeah very two choices. <laughs> Choices there. Yeah. <laughs> read, read the question. Read the question. <laughs> yeah, <you're> <laughs> I told and, you I didn't do well in my exams. I was at the house every night. Annika. I would say Natalie Portman. I don't know. I I feel like she. I mean, she's very intelligent and she knows her stuff. Um, but she's also very. She's a chameleon, but and she always brings this sensitivity, which I find, yeah, I find really like jarring. It's not like, oh, strong woman has to fight like a man. It's very like smart and very intelligent. And I really like that about her. Mm. No, good great choice, actually. Emily. Um Anthony Hopkins. His <coughs> delivery is just incredible and Sort of, he has a very light touch in vocally, um, but he also has this incredibly commanding presence, and again has this ability to tap into the darker side of sort of humanity, but with that same lightness of touch, and it's it's very interesting to watch and to listen to as well. I, I find his voice fascinating to listen to, and I think there's a thing that. Um, he sort of listening to him sort of 
helped me to do. Obviously, you guys have been taught by very, very professional known like people about how to do this. But when I listened to him, I realized that a lot of acting is part of like reading the words and then letting the words kind of settle and then thinking, okay, well, how would the characters say it? Not just reading the words off the page. How would they actually like if they were just living and breathing and having a conversation? How would those words come out of their mouth? Like, you know, and and getting them off the page and into the mouth. And for some reason, Anthony Hopkins just, mm. yeah, led me to that. It's meant to be an amazing chat between him and Jim Carrey. I've never seen it, so oh. this could be complete libel. I was told it, but apparently they both studied the same uh, type of bird for uh, Ace Ventura and um, ha- um, Clarice. What, what's oh, that character? Hannibal, um, Hannibal yeah. Um, <laughs> and they have a conversation about studying this this bird. I, I, I've never seen the chat, but it sounds fascinating. Huh. We'll all, be, uh, we'll all be Googling that. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> so, um, yeah, what about you, Chris? What's who? Well, I, I, I mean, Rickman. Rickman. Oh, yeah, you started off. Yeah. Song. yeah <clears throat> but, well, I mean, I, I, yeah, I'm trying to think of, yeah. I, I, no, it would it would have to be Rickman. Um, mm-hmm. Just just so many brilliant roles. And um, and I did have that. Uh, I, actually, I saw, I saw Christopher Eccleston's Macbeth at the... Um, Royal Shakespeare Company from the second row, so like really, really close, and and that was that was very powerful, uh, mainly because I got covered in blood actually. Um, actual, well, obviously not actual blood. Actual yeah. blood. <laughs> actual blood. Yep. Actual okay. fake blood reached as far as the second row. Um, so that was there was there was a power to that coming out of the coming out of the theatre um, with actual blood on, uh, uh, and thinking, who can I sue? Yeah, uh, where do I get my refund? Yeah, <laughs> costs twelve ninety nine. Go full Karen at the RAC. Yeah. I'll, do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll send you surprise. my bill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I would say Olivia Coleman as well, just to um, sort of address the gender balance because uh, uh, yeah. I said two men and, and realised actually there's so many um, women out there that are phenomenal, but Coleman, man, mm. um, that uh, lost daughter, I watched that recently. Yeah, it's fantastic, wasn't it? It sort of it went because it came out around Christmas, right? It's not exactly a feel-good film, so it sort of went under the it went under the radar. But it was um, there's no elves a, in it at all, are there? No, <laughs> it's a blight. It's a blinding piece of work, though, man. Yeah, it really is brilliant, absolutely yeah. brilliant. Well, I'd be surprised if you didn't win with that beauty. It cuts across your spine, though. <laughs> Am I going to be designing replacement vertebra for you three? You'll be made of metal at this rate. Go ahead, Oso, why not? Nothing else about us is natural. That's not true. Your internal organs, your hearts, and your minds. Do not forget that. Your flesh and blood still, if you forget you can die, you, you, you will not live for long, hmm? Hello, Devik. Scans complete and results logged. All healthy, I hope. Yes, you're all fit and well. Nathaniel tells me there's another mission on the horizon for you all. But he also tells me there's time for another round of treatments before you leave. What? But we passed the test. We led the fight in Domina. We were everything you designed us to be. Isra, 
You have performed exquisitely. You always do. But research continues and so do my improvements. There's more to be done in terms of stabilising the changes that have been made and... You were right, Varian. We are still prototypes. We're all prototypes, Ren. I test myself and improve and test myself and improve all the time. I will never consider myself finished. And as far as I'm concerned, you three will never be finished either. Ren. We need to move on from acting because there was one particular question that Emily um, had written. Um, and I think it's really going to get to the heart of, you know, so much of what it is to be, to be not, ju- not just actors, not just writers, but human beings, really. And, and, and uh, Emily, what was, what was that, that question? This, this is the sole question. <laughs> and it is a sole question because it's sneaky. It sneaks up on you. The question is, what is your favourite, all-time favourite biscuit and why? That's a cookie for our American listeners. Yeah. So I'm going to start off with Annika. And I, you know, think about this. This is the biscuit that you hold most dear. How far can we expand the biscuit category? Because my answer, my, my answer don't, would be... Don't bring like us a, a cake, Annika. <laughs> Neapolitan, Neapolitan waffle. Okay. Like oh, this okay. little waffle thing with like nougat cream inside. Oh. And you can get them also as rounds. Mm-hmm. So they look like a cookie. Okay. I think. And Why? Yeah, but by that logic, wheels are cookies. I don't know fancy tune on a tyre. Um, <laughs> well, uh, I agree that that's a, a biscuit, but the, the, yeah. the logic may be slightly flawed. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's round, so yeah. Um, and, no, I, and, I, yeah. I, I think it's a biscuit cake hybrid, really, the, the waffle. But I, I I do love a waffle actually. I don't know because it melts in your mouth. I thought mm. like biscuit, you know. Okay. Um, Just realizing how hungry I am actually. Now. I am very hungry. When yeah. you said that tank twister earlier with the gorgonzola, I was like, <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, yes. Who would you, who would you like um, to do biscuit narrative next? Uh, uh, yeah, Louis. It's a tricky one. I know I made that vegan joke earlier, but I actually went vegan about five years ago now. So, like, malt milks and, like, uh, uh, Rockies are kind of all all off the, the table for me now. But Barbins are vegan, and they really remind me of being a kid. Like, a Barbin and a Crusher, Crusher milkshake before bed. And, like, Gladiators on the telly. That's oh, probably, yeah. That's maybe like the most 90s sentence that's ever been said. Um, <laughs> I just, I just need a must. I just need like a mustard cardi and uh, some ripped jeans, and I can be uh, Kurt Cobain and unplugged, man. Um, but yeah, probably a probably a barbin, probably a barbin. The, the, the biscuit, not the yeah, 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 not the drink. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I've been in trouble yeah. on uh, on Twitter before. I talked about Bob Warbens and and uh, some American. Lots of American people just assume that you're American on yeah. Twitter, mm. and they were all giving me advice on how to uh, wean myself off 
the bourbon and I was having to explain repeatedly this is an American biscuit didn't, and then didn't I had have to your dad as an alcoholic and... was. <laughs> <laughs> Americans don't have biscuits they have yeah, so, yeah. Um, I'd say Jamie Dodgers get an honourable munchin though um, really? yeah oh, they're vegan oh, no. so they're one of the only options out there but yeah, cat amongst the pigeons, <laughs> um, which isn't a vegan expression because it uses animals. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think cats naturally go for pigeons. Oh, that's food chain, right? But yeah, I, I mean, yeah. you think humans aren't we shouldn't using be encouraging cats or that. pigeons in that no, scenario. Yeah. That's just cats no. and pigeons. You know, by, by, by mentioning that on a popular podcast chat edition we're kind of legitimizing that you know cat pigeon massacre yeah. relationship and I, I i don't think we should which is outside no. of human I'll, I'll edit this out it's like it's okay, <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll edit it sorry i'm team i'm team <laughs> <I'm> tweety pie <laughs> so, i never liked sylvester man <laughs> okay chris what's your favorite biscuit well, I, we we discussed this earlier, I, 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 I'm 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 a cheap date when it comes to biscuits. I do like custard creams, mm. and custard creams and bourbons, bourbons, um, they are they are just so ridiculously cheap, aren't they? Like twelve p, you can get seventy. That's not quite like that, but but you can you can have a lot, and I know, I know they're low quality. What I did discover the other day, which I don't recommend, is uh, rhubarb and custard creams. And that's just oh. wrong on every level. Are they just really poorly animated? or? <laughs> <laughs> that's one for um, anyone who grew up uh, in the UK watching five-minute cartoons called yeah. rhubarb, rhubarb and custard. Yeah, yeah. Um, We'll, we'll we'll post a picture. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's beyond they're... my years, by the way. Yeah. That that's good cultural knowledge. I'm, I, I'm coming across like I'm about forty years old on this podcast. I, I remember when it came out, so uh, that age is me, doesn't it? <laughs> and the theme music. Um, maybe we'll get a clip of the theme music and put it in here. Under, yeah. underscore underscore yeah, let's, yeah let's just let's just devalue everything by doing that shall we <laughs> i would say elevate elevate really yes. it's, it's, we're, we're as bad as that are we? we'll, we'll <laughs> elevate with layers of cultural references anyway, yes. like an episode so, of community <laughs> exactly <laughs> so let, let's leave it let's leave it there on the biscuit front so custard creams but not rhubarb flavor not rhubarb. Um, Emily, d- d- uh, my my honourable and learned friend, do you have any further questions for our, uh, I did our have... defendants? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just one quick one. Um, what do you wish people would do or tell you when you're about to do acting? Like um, a direction. Sorry, that didn't come up particularly well. What's the one thing you wish all writers or directors would tell you before you record, except for how to pronounce the names because I know my bad that, that there have, that have been times when we've not told people and yeah. for every you know for every version of Oscillia we've had about six, 17 versions of the word Zenossi or Oscillian because yeah. these aren't places you know you can't go to 
Yeah. In my head, I know exactly why. Like, of course, of course, Jackra, you don't pronounce the H. But then, you know, we don't tell you guys that. And then in one conversation, we have the same word being pronounced five different times, five different ways in one conversation. And that's entirely my bad. So apart from that, what is the one thing you wish directors, writers, or you always need them to tell you about before you get going? Um, The one I stumbled across... Or uh, um, when I was assistant directing, I, I assistant directed a, a play a couple of, just before COVID. We were the last play on before COVID hit, um, and I, one day I just gave the note back yourselves, and it became the mantra of the show. And actually, like that's what I try and tell myself, um, and everybody around me before auditions, before anything, just back yourself. Like you, you can only do what you're going to do. It's like going back to the you are your own kit like just back yourself man that's that's it takes it puts all the pressure on you but completely takes all the pressure off as well because you can only do what you can do you know what i mean um so yeah i i'd like to hear that i'm, I'm gonna write it up like ted lasso <laughs> <laughs> excellent annika any any thoughts for me it's more like just Either be as clear as you can be with whatever you're trying to say. Don't try to explain why. Just say what you mean. Or give a really good reference that is very good to understand. Because I got so many times very lost and then it's all very confusing. So Mm. being very clear is good. Yeah, clarity. The the thing I always say, actually, um, to, to actors is... I mean, clearly in audio drama, all we've got is the voices. And so um, there's no room, even if it's in character, for kind of mumbling and sort of, you know, uh, talking in corners. It's got to be, yeah, because it's all we've got. It's got to be clear. Um, So that's that's the one thing I always say. Not mm. something I always follow, actually. Sometimes I've done lines and I've come to edit them in and I thought, oh, God, what was I doing? So I then have to stop, pause everything, save it all, go and do my lines again, like a naughty schoolboy, and uh, <laughs> couple them back together. So um, don't do what I do, kids. Um, do as I, I wonder- say, not as I do. Exactly, yeah. There's Boris again. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> <laughs> Ewan McGregor says that as well. Uh, so one, one final thing I wanted to just talk a little bit about was, and this is probably, this is an Emily and Annika question. And I don't know whether it was, well, it's probably inadvertent, I think, but Osa is the most quotable character. There are some brilliant Osa one-liners. Um, my favourite was, there's a word for people like you, begins with psycho and ends in path which was a brilliant one i love the um the one in the last episode where you refer to idris as a punk and a pirate and it was the way you said it i just thought it was just so so brilliant so i mean you must love doing lines like that annika i think they're lines that you can have a lot of fun with because they're so like fun and funky and playful so yeah Mm. And I mean, I never expect you to pick out a line. So um, if you do, awesome. But yeah, I think 
I think you also don't play them maybe as like wow factors. I'm trying to do something with my hand, which doesn't translate to audio. <laughs> uh, maybe that's the physicalization of what I'm when I'm. I'm, I'm sure the listeners could tell exactly. you were doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so yeah. So so even if you come, you you have a line and you think this is just fantastic, you can't great character to like like you know look at this line listen, listen to this i'm just going to do this one. <laughs> you, you, yeah, it's exactly. got to be natural isn't it and and yeah well, so the delivery can't be any different otherwise it would break it for the audience mm. wouldn't it um so the delivery has to be just as casual as everything else doesn't it and so i think the, the delivery for everything is 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 just brilliant but when you do get a line like that it, it's just I, I just love it i think um I'm, I'm going to put a little um, reel of Osa one-liners together. In mm. fact, um, you know, I, if all goes well, you might hear it now. It is still a bomb, Devik. It is designed to destroy life. It will not please the ecosystem. I will not work with that man. He's a punk and a pirate. I think the words you're looking for are talented engineer and admiral of the deck's fleet. Oh, Idris. It's been a while, Doc. I'm here under orders. Yep, I've seen your designs. And we will be sticking to them. <laughs> sure, Doc, for the most part. No, uh, to the letter, Idris. Very well. But I would not deprioritize it. We need them to trust us, Nathaniel. Threats and bullying only go so far. And they're getting older. Perhaps his past experiences have prepared him for this. Isra's reactions were off the charts until the agent strapped her into the chair. As soon as that happened, she seemed to calm down a little. I wonder why that could be. There's a word for people like you, Tristan. It begins with psycho and ends with path. Go to that airfield and bring this design to life. I want it. Fine. Go. Now. Now. So, Emily, when you're when you're writing, I mean, are there particular characters you write for that you you want to give them really good lines because you know that the actor will deliver them as well as Annika delivers those? Well, obviously, I have a lot of um, fun with Osa's character, but mostly that's because Osa says all the things that I think people w wish were being said. And one of the reasons for that is that Osa controls the missiles. She can say basically anything. Um, and she's incredibly, she's invaluable to Dex operations. So she knows that she would have to really, really, really upset Nathaniel for him to, you know, sort of get her to clear off. Um, so I think that that gives Osa a, a lot of power. Um, and also, Osa is the most aware of what she is and what her colleagues are and what they're capable of. And so constantly poking fun at them a little bit and just always just sort of like telling them the truths that they are trying to avoid for themselves. And um, as a character, I find that very um, compelling and obviously it opens up. Uh, sort of the possibilities for great one-liners where she just sends a quip in the direction of one of her colleagues and 
you know, and, and just cuts through the bullshit, basically, um, of what's going on in a scene. And yeah, obviously the delivery um, makes that work. Mm. But as a character, as a device as well, I mean, from a technical point of view, Osa is brilliant fun in that mm. Um, absolutely context. yeah cool so really really final question then um <laughs> have you have any sort of friends or family members listened to the dex legacy and what was their reaction if they have you are allowed to say nobody they thought it was shit <laughs> my no my brother actually listened to it i mean most of my family is not English speaking, they, they understand English, yeah. speak a bit English, but it's not their native language. Um, but my brother listened to it and he was like, oh, the story is so cool. The story is so cool. So I don't know how much he understood, but what he understood, he definitely loved. So fantastic. Okay, we'll, 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 we'll save that as a review then. That's yeah. good. Thank you. <laughs> uh, my, fo- my folks have listened to it. And I mean, no, nobody here has, has met my mum, but if you'd met my Mum, this would be a very good impression. Be like, what is this? It's very dark, isn't it, Louis? <laughs> and that, that quote is pretty... But she says that about anything I've been in. I've done a panto, and she's like, well, it's a bit dark, though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. She's like, why do you always have to play the baddie? <laughs> she was like, nobody sees you in this one. You don't need to be bad. I was like, thanks, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> You should just, you know, just kind of improvise and make, yeah. make Devic a really nice guy. Well, yeah. If you'd want to go down the pub with, you know. She, she keeps calling me Ewan as well. It's, it's really weird. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so no change there, though. <laughs> yeah. Have you had any good reviews, Emily? I mean, that's uh, not to say there aren't good reviews. Yeah. Uh, any, anything quite you? Please, anybody else? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Uh, my mum's my mum's classic review is it's a bit gloopy, and that that's when things have got blood in them. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So she, yeah, what's that's... funny with the blood road is that she no, sorry, with the with the Dex Legacy is that she um she can imagine no no gloop. So even in the hunt when Ren goes into a cave and slaughters 16 people and you know and comes out and and they literally say in the in the transport he is covered in blood and I said wasn't it a bit gloopy and she was like no no it was fine no gloop okay I thought she was going to suggest like an alternative where Ren arrives with a a bottle of coke and some biscuits or something for the 16 people. Okay. Freeze, obviously. Yeah. Some, bar- some, some <laughs> <Yeah>. bourbons. <laughs> cake, anyone? Exactly. Distracts them all with cake while he sneaks yeah. around. Yeah. The <laughs> That's a version I would very much like to hear. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a version I would ever write. No, no, we'd have to get a different writer in. Uh, Annika, are you available to write the, the alternative <laughs> Dex legacy? I, I would never take that away from Emily, so all it's all yours. <laughs> but um, a very I, diplomatic answer. Very diplomatic. Exactly. No, um, I actually wanted to ask you. I don't know if you have uh, time for one question, but why did you decide to um, make the audiobook like the pre, like a prequel to the mm-hmm. um, to the three books you wrote? Yeah. Yeah, it's because where this it's it's 
purely strategic. When, um, if, if my book gets picked up by a publisher, the editor may make change, changes to the story. And I don't know what those changes would be. And I wanted whatever we did with the recording to be evergreen. And so the best way to do that is make it happen before. And then whatever happens in the intervening 11 years could explain why whatever character is no longer in it or whatever event is not referred to or whatever. It was about being able to keep it relevant while not necessarily knowing what is going to get changed potentially in the book. So we have 11 more years to be filled with audiobooks. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, we've got series seven planned out. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've, out, I've outlined up until the age of 21 at this point. <laughs> yeah, really three, three years. Of... Yeah, but we then season two is, um, seriously, season two is certainly in preparation, isn't it? You showed me yes. a diagram of season two. Yeah. I didn't understand it, did I? <clears throat> But, you know, that's, that's just me, really. Right. Well, um, in true meeting fashion, I'm going to end by saying, is there any other business? No. Well, in that case, I will thank you. Thank you, Louis Watson, Annika Cordes, Emily Inkpen. Uh, I've been... Chris Gregory and uh, thank you for listening and um, please listen and subscribe to The Dex Legacy if you haven't already. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to our first bonus edition featuring Annika Cordes and Louis Watson. Annika and Louis are actors with full home studio setups, so if you're an audio drama creator wishing to cast professional actors in your productions, please contact them. Check out the show notes to find out more about how to get in touch. We'll have more bonus editions of The Dex Legacy over the coming weeks. These will include more interviews with members of our incredible cast and full standalone bonus episodes. Please subscribe via your favorite podcast app to listen and be sure to catch our new bonus editions as they drop. If you're a fan of fiction audio drama, we recommend you check out Apollo Podcasts, a platform dedicated to audio fiction. Download their app to discover more amazing stories and support their work, which includes promoting and helping to fund new productions. We'd like to thank our loyal listeners, but especially Patrick Smith, Twiglets Are Great to Eat, and Fraser Armitage for their support and love for the Dex Legacy. Your likes, retweets, downloads, and reviews are hugely appreciated. If you would like to support the Dex Legacy and help season two become a reality, you can at ko-fi.com forward slash the Dex Legacy audio drama. That's ko-fi.com. Direct links can be found at www.thedexlegacy.com. At thedexlegacy.com, you will also find scripts for every episode and interlude, so if you like to read while you listen, you can. There's also a page dedicated to the cast and a whole load of bonus materials. While there, it's worth signing up to the Dex Legacy newsletter. Between seasons, I'll be sending out bonus content, giving you further insight into the characters and the world of SP714. We now have a full merch store where you can buy a range of Dex Legacy themed clothing, stickers and mugs. 
you'll find this at our website at www.thedexlegacy.com. All proceeds will go towards paying our actors and crew through the making of season two. So you'll be helping the show and looking awesome all at the same time. could all say goodbye and something at this point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just like <laughs> silence. Oh, they've gone. They're in the bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, well, bye-bye. And yes, definitely listen and subscribe. Hear these amazing talents. Thank you for listening to The Dex Legacy, a proud member of Apollo Plus. Apollo Plus is a creator-owned platform where every subscriber helps audio drama creators like The Dex Legacy team. Subscribers get to listen ad-free to their favourite drama and fiction shows and gain access to exclusive bonus content. Importantly, for independent shows like ours, Apollo Plus helps us to generate revenue to cover our operating costs, meaning that we are much more likely to be able to generate more of the content you enjoy. 70% of the revenue generated by Apollo Plus will go directly to creators, meaning that you, the listener, we'll be able to enjoy more from your favourite drama and fiction podcasts. We're delighted to be alongside great shows such as Omen, Afflicted, Primordial Deep, Sidequesting and many others on Apollo+. Plus. It really is a great platform on which to listen to and discover audio drama, so please download the app and get listening if you haven't already. By listening through Apollo, you'll also have access to exclusive Dex Legacy bonus materials and episodes. You can download the app from the App Store and Google Play by searching for Apollo Podcasts, or you can visit apollopods.com or follow the link in our show notes.